Hello and welcome to the Lewis and Kyle Show, an interview-based podcast where Kyle and I bring on people that we think we can learn from. Whether they've already been successful at something Kyle and I want to do ourselves, or they're an expert in a specific topic area and we think we can learn from them, we bring on people who are leading interesting lives and have something to share. Kyle, who do we have on in this episode? Hey, Lewis. Today we have on Sean Lee, or Little Gimchi, a Korean living in Thailand who performs as a hip-hop artist. He walks us through what it takes to come up in the world that he's existing inside of. And um, he's a college student just like us, so we, we learned a lot. Yeah, so I met Sean during my study abroad at Mahido University in Bangkok. Uh, we had a couple classes together and we became good friends. And I think this is a great interview and you're going to enjoy it a lot. But before we get started, I'm going to put a little teaser, some of his music, just so you can get to know his work a little better. And then we're going to sprinkle some of those songs throughout the episode for some fun musical effect. Get a little jazzy with it. So with that, here's a I Go by Sean, or Lil Gimchi. It's Gimchi and one meal. I go, 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 I I go, but yeah. you're from Korea, so can you tell us about a little bit about where you grew up and then how and when you went from Korea to Thailand? So yeah, um, I was born in Korea in 1998. I stayed there till 2008, but I'm not sure, like, my memory in Korea is not really clear. I just remember going to class, getting a couple Fs, like my mom was a <laughs> tiger parent, so like she did not like me going out to party or like that. But I was still a kid, so she was not letting me go out to play with my friends. Eh? She was always making me study after school. And then 2008, my dad left to Chiang Mai because his business didn't really work out. So my, um, in 2008, that was when my dad went to Chiang Mai. And then that's when my mom sent me to the Philippines to stay with my aunt for about a year while she figured out her stuff. So I was in Korea for until, I guess, 10 years, but my memory there is not that clear. Just remember going to school and not doing that well in school, not really talking that much. And then I went to the Philippines where it was an international environment and I adjusted very well. I was um, doing well in after school activities. I was joining football club. I was joining um, Tagalog club, which is the Filipino language there. So I was doing all sorts of that. And then after about a year, my mom decided she wanted to move to Thailand with me as a family. So that's how I ended up in Thailand. And it's a, it's a city called Chiang Mai, which is the northern part of Thailand. Mm-hmm. I recommend all of you guys to visit one day. I went to Chiang Mai when I was there. It was fantastic. Yeah. How'd you like it? I love that. I think uh, let's talk about that a little bit more, actually. So, how did how did you like Chiang Mai uh, growing up there? So you went to what, like middle and high school there? All right. So like, I've never been outside of Asia yet. So 
but one thing I'm really proud about growing about growing up in Chiang Mai is that I feel I've met almost everyone, every country around the world. Like I met someone from Bhutan, uh, England, Madagascar, Hawaii, North Korea, like Japan. Mm -hmm. Like it was crazy. Like I would go outside and I'd, I'd go party with some friends and I'd meet like a Bhutanese guy out of nowhere and he'd be telling me all about his country. So just growing up in Chiang Mai, I got to, I was exposed to different cultures. So that was one thing I was really proud of. Yeah, that's uh, one thing I noticed when I was there, especially at, like the coffee shops. There's just people from everywhere. It's like such a touristy kind of digital nomad type city. Uh, that's fantastic. Did you go to the, the coffee shops? Is that a big part of the culture there? Or am I wrong about that? Because I just uh, remember seeing like different unique ones like everywhere. A lot of like Thai kids who could, like just go there to have coffee, play games on their phone with their friends. I'll join a couple of times. But mm -hmm. um, the, the culture here mostly is in like, taking pictures for Instagram. So like, I was just talking to my other friend, like who's into interior design and he graduated from London. I think it was London design school or something. And he was, he, he was showing me pictures of like this coffee shop in Bangkok, where it's just basically based off a pharmacy. That's pretty cool. And it, basically people would go there just to take pictures. And that was the main selling point of this coffee shop. So a lot of these coffee shops in Thailand are not just focusing on the drinks nowadays, but like the atmosphere, like the good lighting for the pictures. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess those sort of, so that's the coffee. That, that, that makes a well, lot so of sense actually, because some of the coffee shops were like, they were quirky to the point where like, did it make sense? They're yeah. like almost just existing to be like something cool for social media or to like look cool online. Yeah, you know, fun to hang out, but like they're not totally. There wouldn't be like a backstory. Right. It's like people try to invent a creative culture just to yeah gather a crowd. And Sean, you worked at a coffee shop, right? I did. Like growing up, like my parents opened a coffee shop in Chiang Mai. In Chiang Mai. In Chiang Mai. Yeah. As I was growing up, first, like my parents, my dad was doing. Um, he was a tour guide for Koreans. So he would take them around golf courses, like maybe temples, um, elephant trek riding back then. And then he would make money off of that. And then he decided to open his own coffee shop. And then he focused on um, drip coffee, cold brew coffee, mm -hmm. which is like um, a drop of coffee every three seconds for 24 hours. Okay. So he's doing wow. like well, his coffee shop, he closed the coffee shop down about a year ago. And he's mm -hmm. focusing on just export importing all his cold brew coffee. He's turning That's out awesome. Rams too. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so then after after that, you kind of moved to, you moved to Bangkok area. When did uh, kind of your interest in hip hop and taking yourself seriously as someone not just listening to it uh, start? So when did you start making your own music and kind of what's your backstory with so uh, I asked my mom to buy me my first microphone when I was in maybe grade 11. It was okay. a USB microphone, but she said no. So I had to like work for it. I saved up maybe in dollars. It was like $250. And I went to the store. Yeah, and it was like a USB microphone. I went to get it. And then I had GarageBand on my MacBook. So I just got GarageBand and started recording on there. 
in grade 11. But when I started taking it seriously was um, after I met a rapper named Yanggu. He's pretty big now in Thailand. Like, I would say maybe top three most popular rapper in Thailand right now. He had a song. How did you meet him? Excuse me? How did you meet him? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Like, that's the funniest story. Like, I had. Yeah, I, so like how I met Young Gu was I hit up this girl that I was sort of dating back then, like back in elementary. So like, and then I saw her dating Young Gu. Okay. On her Instagram. So I'm like, damn, I'm like a real ba- big fan of Young Gu. So that's when I like didn't care about my ego, nothing. I was just texted the girl. I was like, yo, I need to meet up with your boyfriend. Like, <laughs> I'm a big fan of your boyfriend and she's like, I right, cool, like, yeah, I'll, I'll set it up. And then I met up with him and then, yeah, that's how it started. And then he paid me for the first feature when I wanted to be, like, when I wanted to pay him for music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's when it really, like, started the fire in me in hip hop, I guess. That's awesome. Are y'all close now? Yeah, we're still close. He's still big. He just released a song called... 14 days like the quarantine basically he says i feel like i'm in a house arrest i feel so stressed out i think that's what he says okay so when you started uh making your own music did you want to rap about a specific thing or you just liked music so you wanted to start making your own or was there like something specific that you want to do like express first i just wanted to like it was almost like meditation in a way. Like one thing I would like say is I started writing about just my past because I wanted to understand about it more. And I would ask my mom, like, where am I really from? Like, I want to know more about like what happened in Korea, like why we really moved. Like I was asking her all this stuff. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of young. You're about 10. Yeah. When? Like, I didn't really know why we moved, but like there were certain, certain, um, I would say times where I would remember it was like, she'd take me out to a restaurant and we wouldn't go back home. And she would take me to like another apartment. I'd be really confused. Like, why are we there? But she explained to me all, um, yeah. So what was I talking about again? Completely forgot. <laughs> You're telling uh, just what you, uh, if there's something specific you liked talking about or like something that so yeah, like first, like the contents of your music i guess when i started writing i talked about my past first and then i mm-hmm. gradually moved on to like the things that i really want like okay. i want to make money i want to like buy clothes that i want i want to buy bombing jeans i buy cartier and then i started talking about like saving money investing money like stop being so like ignoring with my money like trying to be smart with it like and how to better my life like try not to party as much you know like trying mm-hmm. to better myself so i'm like starting to like write more towards like motivation nowadays okay and That's awesome. also like i i also want to put it out there that like listening to music where like the lyrics and the mood is very very bad is gonna be detrimental to your life like you gotta definitely listen to happy music all the time whatever that makes you yeah i like that did you have any yeah, specific oh go ahead Kyle. 
I was just going to say that the media that you consume definitely determines like how you're feeling and like what you're thinking about. Like if you follow a bunch of shitty people on Twitter yeah. or Instagram and you spend all day like looking at Instagram, you're just going to feel bad. You know, you gotta, you gotta like fill your head with stuff that's positive and will like help you think better and more clearly and stuff. So I totally agree. Something I gained from y'all podcast, like you guys talked about, um, I, I forgot which podcast podcast, is, podcast it was, but someone talked about deleting Facebook on your phone. Mm-hmm. I just deleted it, and it just it kind of made my life a lot better. That's awesome. Like yeah, it's like a sm- small change that can have a pretty big result because if you don't have it there, like you're not going to go and check, and you're not yeah. going to be influenced by but other people. I kind of talk like... But like Facebook and like Instagram, all these things are so important in our lives nowadays, I feel like. Like I was looking for y'all podcast Instagram. Do you guys have one? Mm-hmm. We made it probably between the time you searched for it and now. We just made it like yesterday or the day before. Yeah, like stuff like that. I feel like it's so important to grow like, let's say your, your um, what you call it? The people who listen to Audience. your podcast. If you want to grow the amount of people then you gotta definitely go into social media and all that stuff how have you used that yourself to grow your phone because i mean your youtube's got fourteen thousand followers your instagram's got 10 14 000 followers how did you uh get that kind of following um well it start like it was definitely have to do with being with um big people like young already had like what a hundred thousand followers. So I was with him releasing music with him and he would tag me. Like I was like listening mm-hmm. to your, you guys podcast and I was like sharing it on my story, on my Instagram story. Mm-hmm. And I realized I couldn't tag you guys because you guys okay. don't have an Instagram account. But we, do, we do now. So nah, thank you for yeah. that by the way. Everyone go <laughs> you can share this one on your on, on their uh next couple of days when we put it out. I will uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask, so you kind of have a lot of these big guys that are helping you out, but who are some other inspirations for you uh, that you like either want to model your music off of or just people that you really like in, in the game that can be new or old? I like, I like one mil. Excuse you know? me? Who's that? I like one mil. Like his name is the number one. Mm-hmm. M-I-L-L. Oh, one mil. Yeah, and his his Instagram is deck one million bot, and he's a seventeen year old rapper from Nakhon Panom LBT, and he's like, I really respect the amount of work he put into his craft. Okay, it's crazy. Like he motivate me hard. Like he's not trying to copy he- anybody else. He's just trying to do him. He got like. 10 million views on youtube and he's 17 years old like jeez how long has he been working on it or how long has he been publishing stuff i guess he started making music like 14 i guess 13 i don't know okay wow but like his and how long excuse me so you started when you were in the 11th grade how how old is that that's like 16 17 um i guess so Mm-hmm. Okay. 17. He started when he was so, like 12, 13. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the last guest we had on the show, uh, 
you know, so I'm like doing computer science in school and started, I guess, learning programming and stuff when I was 18, just freshman year of college. Right. It's like someone like him, he started programming when he was like early middle school, so probably like 11 or 12 years old. And he's like seeing the results he's been able to have and the different jobs he's been able to have because of how early he started and how long he's been working on it makes it, it makes a big difference in those things. But it's it's cool to see those stories for sure. Yeah, like let me talk a little bit more about one mill. Like he's a high school dropout. He just he, like he dropped out of high school and he just like came over to my place while I was studying at university. Our university, mm -hmm. and it was almost like uh do it now or just work you know it's sort of like a really important life choice for him and i'd see him like sleeping three hours a day just working just working 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 on his album just like trying to make it better make it better and then he released that one and it just went crazy and it was really crazy to see that process while i'm just a university student mm -hmm. I just come back from class and i'd see him recording wake up i see him recording and then he's just crazy big now that's awesome uh, so how, did you meet him like at what how big was he when you met I'm, and like what's your approach to meeting these people because it kind of seems like you find someone that you like in hip-hop in your in thailand and you just become friends with them like <laughs> the next day yeah i feel like there's one thing like also you guys talked about in podcasts how like making relationships with people but like how do you know if it's going to last, you know, a lifetime worth? Like, so like knowing how to use your time with certain people and all that, I feel like it's very, very interesting and very important for me because I feel like I try to meet with so many different people and sometimes these relationships just like go to nothing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that time was kind of wasted, but I just be like DMing, like which means direct messaging. Yeah, I just be like, Message yeah. people like, hey man, I really like your music. Like, I want to collaborate with you. And I'll be like, DMing this clothing brand and be like, hey man, what you guys are starting some new culture, man. I really like that. And then like keep in contact with them and then maybe get some information on like their graphic designers, something I can benefit maybe. But I don't, I mm -hmm. like to start off, I don't really think about benefiting from them. You feel me? I just start off clean slate, just like, yeah, nice to meet you. You cool, like nice, like just like that. And then I get into who they really are, and it's just like crazy. So like being respectful pays dividends. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like hip hop in Thailand definitely comes with respect first. Mm -hmm. That's another thing, just like the, the concept of face, you know, in Thai society. Mm. That's a whole conversation that it probably relates to, you know. Yeah, but I also feel like I just grew up in this society. What does that mean? So much. I'm embedded with this like respect culture between P and Nong, which is like the senior and the sophomore, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's so much respect in this Thai culture. Like you have to like why every time you see some someone older than you, yeah. you know, like say an extra cop, cow or something like that. Yeah, the the polite part of part of or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's very common in Asia, so like I feel like I'm really embedded with it. That's why I could mm -hmm. somewhat excel in the hip hop culture with all these Thai rappers. Because that's kind of you're already used to that kind yeah. of social structure. Yeah. Also, something is that I was Korean, so that they couldn't really be like, "Oh, he's like that 
Thai, so like they never like categorized me as like another Thai, but more like like a Korean guy, <laughs> like there. And then I was just like sort of like like kind of like fit it in until I became their homies. And then it was just mm-hmm. work from there, making money, going to concerts, touring, like just expanding. Yeah, that's something I, I wanted to get into is uh, not just, this is something you know you see a lot. A lot of guys go out there and put themselves on SoundCloud, put themselves on YouTube. But you've actually done some performances. You do shows, you go like yeah. clubs and stuff. So well, when, when, how did you get your first uh, real gig going out and like performing my my first show was mm-hmm. uh, it was like my my first show with the first song was with young goo okay so i like i like hit up the girl and then i went over to young goo's studio he basically had like a microphone in his closet it was nothing professional okay. it was just like he was just still grinding he was like i'm not sure like 27 maybe okay um we made a song that night i think maybe like take took two days and then there was a big rapper from america coming called jay stash um he's 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 still popping yeah um so like i had to it was my first time making a song in the studio basically and then performing in front of all these people and young just took me and then like he put me on stage and just let me do my thing. And then the second time was when it was like a whole show, like seven songs maybe. And this yeah. one was with one mil when he like finished his album and we were re- and he was ready to pop it. So yeah, it was always like with other rappers, you feel me? Because I'm not really fully tired. I really want to understand like, how does this tax thing work also? Like, am I supposed to be like taxing all my income? Like, I have no idea. I have to figure that out. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. But later, I've been an international student right now. Yeah, so I've been just getting it as a student, I guess. I, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. But. So, uh, what's that like? Like, getting up in front of the crowd and performing yeah, to me is, venues. Is, is scary. Like, you just like go to somebody's house and record a song and the next minute you're like in front of a thousand people. Like, what is that like yeah. to you? And what you were describe the ven- that? Yeah, yeah. What were the venues for these things? Were they at like big clubs or were they like kind of smaller bars or? Well, we, we'd do anything. We'd do like clubs, we'd do like bars. Sometimes people are just sitting like the first few times they're like not even like pumped up. But some hip hop groups where they actually listening to our song would go crazy. But it was just a blessing to be on stage, make money, and like perform our song. You feel me? But growing up, I feel like I was always on stage, even though like I was like stage frightened. I I feel like if you like sort of not perfect. I feel like I was always trying to like perfect my music back then in terms of like mix and mastering like the vocals to like the perfect sound but i feel like there's perfect there's being perfect and being imperfected i'm not sure like if i worded right something about yeah the thing being imperfect is perfect in hip-hop it's funny that you okay. say that i actually took a note earlier it says the perfect enemy is the in or the per- the perfect is the enemy of the good so like 
the per, the pursuit of perfection can hold you back. Yeah. For sure. So I was like thinking that. But what was I saying before that? I like you. You're talking about doing the shows and going on stage and mastering your vocals. Yeah, I said like something about being perfect. Like being imperfect is perfect. And then like you have to find that perfect amount of imperfect to get the right sound for the song or something. Yeah, that. something like that. Um, I think Kyle put it perfectly. Hard yeah. yeah. That perfect is the enemy of the good. Yeah. So what's the largest crowd you've been in front of that you know of like so far? I reckon it like maybe a thousand. I've I haven't been on like the stage where it was like ten thousand people yet, five to ten thousand, but I've been at the stage where it was like a thousand, thousand five hundred people. That's pretty crazy. That's but, like, so many people. Like <laughs> I think my dream come true was like when everyone turns on the phone flash. To like take videos yeah put on snapchat because it's so yeah, good it wasn't it wasn't my stage it was like a bigger rapper stage was i was on there with him and he was just like whip out your phones everyone turn on your flashlight and it was just look like stars bro Crazy. yeah that's so cool yeah. it's like that's it's a funny evolution of the lighters back in the day Mm. Yeah, that's what they used to do is like wave lighters in the air and now it's your, it's your iPhone. It's yeah. changing. Yeah. Uh is that big show that your favorite show that you've ever done? Yeah, with the flashlight. That one was probably my favorite show. And when I, was that? It was um last year, maybe October. Oh, so that might have been when I was there actually. October maybe yeah maybe okay it was like a really big one i gotta check my instagram and see when i posted the picture <laughs> really with the times like i'd be like releasing music and i feel like it's so old but it's like two months ago and then i get oh. <laughs> things are just moving fast for you yeah everything so matters. yeah tell us about that actually what's uh what are some of the songs you put out and like what's the meaning behind them like the last couple of songs you've done so like the first song that I know you just dropped a song a few days ago. Like, yeah, go get, go for it. That one is kind of like an old song, the the Kush song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was done with Diamond, and Diamond is a pretty big rapper in Thailand. Like he made a song called Gucci Belt, and that went viral. Like everyone was TikTok like using his Gucci Belt song. Like it was mm-hmm. crazy, and I've I figured out that Thailand also is like where people like videos the most and share on okay. Facebook. But anyways, yeah, I made a song with Diamond. Um, His Instagram is diamond.mqt. Yeah. He's 17, okay. he's 17. And, and we made that song like maybe June last year, but like never. Okay, but it, it only just came out. Yeah, and I like texted him like, "When are we gonna drop that old song?" He's like, "Oh, we gonna." I mean, she's like, "I'm gonna put it in the album." And I was like, "I sent him the link to the song to remind him how lit the song was." And he checked it, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna drop it like now." And I'm like, "Now, <laughs> now, okay." And he just dropped it like that. That's I really shot a music video, but it's all good. We have more coming. Have you shot a music video before? With him. 
I have one music video out with um, Young Goo. Okay. In one mill, it's called Bands. I've I've listened to that song and I've listened to. It. I don't think I've seen the video though. And I never mentioned this like publicly, but like we shot that music video three times. And why is that? Like the first time we like recorded it and shot the music video that night. No one remembered the lyrics except for just bands, bands, bands. So it was just like <laughs> you couldn't like, do all the words. Yeah, no one knew the words. And then the second time we filmed it, it was just like at his house, like punching his punching bag, like kind of looking stupid. So he's like, "All right, I'm gonna get like an actual studio, rent a car, and like do it right." And then that's the third take right there. That video has 4.6 million views on YouTube too so like that's no joke yes sir that's a ton of people holy shoot do you ever get like recognized just out in bangkok or anything like that because i mean that's a pretty substantial amount of people and i'm assuming most of them are from somewhere within thailand like soy tangsin where we where you used to live in mm -hmm. yeah people recognize me there like when i go to 7-eleven sometimes like like by bandit yeah They'd be like, "Oh, yeah. kimchi, kimchi, take a picture with me." <laughs> Do you like that? Is that cool to get that recognition not, there with the other students? I'm okay yeah. with it. Like, I'm really, I feel like thankful. I'll be like, "Yeah, take a picture." I'll be like, "Thank you for listening to my song." Like, I actually talk to them for a minute and then actually go. Yeah, that's pretty. That's sweet. It's right there in Soy Town. Dude, we've gotten a very, very, very small taste of it with people coming on and saying they listen to our podcast. Yeah, and no, like, we're like, no, thank you so much. Like, dude, no uh, way. That'd dude, be so cool to just be like out somewhere and have somebody know you. That's that's a goal yeah. for sure. That's yeah. really yeah. it, for sure. Definitely going to be getting more uh, Thai, Thai listeners. Okay. I like that. Instagram. Uh, so this is a question I'm surprised I meant to ask it, but I guess it just didn't come up. Is for the listeners or whoever else, can you explain uh, how you got your name Lil Genchi and what it means? Because your name's Sean, you know, it's not Lil Genchi. Yeah. So Gimchi comes from the Korean food, you know? Gimchi mm -hmm. with a K. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like fermented cabbage in chili paste. <laughs> And like growing up in Thailand, I somewhat wanted to represent where I was from. So like I took that kimchi and changed it to a G. Because I'm a gangster. So <laughs> Dude, listen, this is so funny. I love that. I was eating dinner with my parents right before this. And I told them that I was interviewing little kimchi. And, and my dad was like, like kimchi, like the cabbage. And I was like, offended i was like no what are you talking about so the fact that it's actually after <laughs> kimchi you're gonna have to go apologize to that <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to apologize to my dad it is after uh, cabbage that's like, so funny like i just thought it was a funny way of like representing my country at the same time where if people don't know like my name like they've never heard of kimchi or they don't know what the food is Kimchi's kimchi kind of sticks. It's like pretty fast. Too. It's a good. I like it. You know. I totally kimchi. agree. With that. And then yeah, I agree with that for sure. My, my second attack on it was like, if people know what kimchi is as a food, 
if I can like start to get them to think like kimchi as the wrapper instead of the food, yeah, then I've like somewhat done my job. So like, yeah, you've got a place in their minds forever then, because that's like people are gonna be eating kimchi like all the time and all around the world, and you can associate yourself with that just like you know M and M and M and M's, you know? Yeah, there you go. Like that was the so, first thing I take, like people talking like, hey, you wanna like kimchi and they're like what kimchi like what you talking about well yeah, yeah. i used this pickup line against some girls actually like have you eaten kimchi before like i'll <laughs> 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 be just stupid that's, like i'll be stupid yeah that's wild that's so funny uh i like that story because i i knew it was related to kimchi but i don't think you ever explained to me that the gangsters how i got from the g or from the k to the g but i like that little story yeah. in there I didn't. Uh, I didn't talk about my song meaning, eh? Yeah, yeah let's do that. To it. Yeah, I go quick. Like the first song, I go. There's I... no rush. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> the song's yeah. called "I Go." That's right. Yeah, that one. Like, to be honest, I don't really like that song. No, not I... anymore. It's done pretty well, hasn't it? No, I've always liked it, but never really liked it. But it's like one of my most popular song. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of poppy, right? Yeah, just like I go, I go. You know, like I'm going after my dream. I said, I said, I know, I know. The only problem is like time. I just gotta be patient. Right? So that's. I mean, this song's got two million views on YouTube. So yeah, but, it's done pretty well. Yeah, so that's the meaning for that song. That you're going after like your goals and your dreams by doing rap and all that stuff. Right, like what I want to buy, like, like. I want. I said I wanted to buy some bombings, mm-hmm. and then songs after that is kind of like leveled up. Like I'm trying to get better, save money, and invest. I'm not trying to be done with my money no more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're kind of showing how you're maturing through the different songs. For sure, but like I only got like four or five songs. I should be doing this by album, album, album. But then I gotta balance it between my school life and like. Mm-hmm. Life. I think it's going pretty what well. What are you for... studying in school? Studying international business. MUIC, yeah. baby. Yeah, I chose <laughs> like business. You know, I don't want to make money. But I feel like so going... when you're hmm? when you're done with school, are you going to have to go back to Korea? I'm gonna have to definitely go to army. That is still mandatory for me. In Korea, yeah. In Korea, it's, it's like it's two years, right? A year and ten months, I think. Okay. But then, like, so that's that's pretty soon. Yeah. Are you gonna be able to make music while you're in the the Korean military? <laughs> no, no, I won't. But I will. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> just like, some note. You'll just write some bars and some notebooks and keep them I, with I, you. And you I was thinking of like special privilege. Like I got like a studio in like the army camp. Like making my song but no way they i could see i could see you pulling that off maybe maybe well, that's pretty crazy my plan is to like make an album like i'm not trying to be in a hurry maybe finish it by the end of this year okay maybe like seven songs with some good features and some music video i'll have to invest in that too and then when i graduate i'll go army and then while I'm in army, hopefully that album will do views. Okay. Make some money. And then when you come out, everyone will be hyped for like. Yeah, that's, you. you see, feel me? That's the plan. But then like 
I also want to be a businessman, an entrepreneur, like making clothing brand or like whatever it is. I'm down. Like, yeah. Well, if you already have a, if you have a following from uh, your music, that'll definitely make it easier to get started with building something kind of brand and marketing based. Yeah. Like, like this the industry is just more than music. Like there are people that are right now like making masks, giving it out because of the corona. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's more than just hip hop itself. Like it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and that was an interesting thing that we were getting from our, our last guest on too. It was just like about the humanitarian side of um, what he does, which is engineering, and how he wants to like create for the sake of like the betterment of people around him, mm-hmm. and like you know hip hop you're you're like rapping but you're also doing it for for like a greater good too you know like for people to hear it and like be motivated and all these things it's just an interesting like intersection between like what you want and what you're trying to like give to others for sure Mm -hmm. like it's like a beneficial way of balancing your individual like because you obviously have to it's not selfish to want to be comfortable in life. You know, it's not selfish to want to make enough money to not have to worry about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can find a way to do that in a way that also helps people, it kind of is a good uh, win-win, you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take it like this approach, like make enough money to where I can like feed myself, my family, and then and then I'll pay for other people. Like I'll help paying like for the community and stuff like that. I want to first build build up an empire maybe so that I could like use that to help the people. You feel me? Exactly. Yeah. That's an interesting thing too, is I was listening to a thing with um, Warren Buffett yesterday and he was talking about how he could have been giving money away like all this time to people, but he decided to keep it all in his fund so that, because he believed that he would be able to give away billions instead of millions in the long run. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I don't know how that applies really, but it's the I mean, same it definitely idea. Applies. It definitely yeah. applies. Yeah. Uh, it's like if you're, if Warren Buffett was giving out 10% of his income every year for the past 70 years, you know what I mean? Like he would just be wiping out the benefits of it compounding on itself uh-huh. uh, and wouldn't at, be at the point now where he's got 90 billion to give away or whatever it is. So it's really just a numbers question there. But I mean, that's only a valid thing if under like two conditions, right? One, under the condition that you're actually growing it substantially by keeping it in two, that you do eventually actually give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, but Warren's one of those rare examples where he had a pretty good reason to believe both would be true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So, Sean, do you like American hip hop much? Or not totally? Or you mostly follow? I love the... I love trap. I love American trap music. Okay. Who do you like with American trap? Like Young Thug, Nipsey Hustle. I listen to a lot of Key Glock these days. No way, dude. Key Glock came to Bama. Yeah? And Key Glock, yeah, yeah. Cool. He's like 21. He's like my age. And he, he be, he'd be flexing all the time. Uh-huh. A bunch of uh, my buddies like met him. Damn, his songs. Yeah. You need to listen to it, Lewis. Like his songs are just like. Shout out to my mama. <laughs> like, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
Shout out to my grandma. Like, he cool. I've been listening to like Shoreline Mafia, like Phoenix, um, OG, Greedo. I'm not sure if you guys know, but like a lot of these rappers that are not that big, I would say like still underground, but they be popping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like the like pop, like Roddy Rich, maybe. I used to when his album dropped, listen for like two weeks. But I'd be changing. I'd be always changing because people are always releasing new music. Mm-hmm. And you get a new inspiration for yourself, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with your rap, I mean, so do you do a combination of Thai, English, and Korean in the lyrics? Or right. what do you primarily do? Because I've kind of, like, seeing as I don't speak Thai or Korean, I'm not totally sure when I listen to mm-hmm. your music <laughs> what it is. Uh, <laughs> that's just me being totally honest. I'm like, it's good, and I like the sound of it, and, like, I can... Uh-huh. Uh, it's good to have on, but yeah, like, I notice some English words every so often, but then it's uh, so. Can you tell a little about how you kind of balance those three languages for sure, and some like, music? Mostly, it's just Korean and English right now. Okay, there's one song. But you're doing I, this with Thai rappers, a lot of these collabs. Yes, all of it, mostly, unless I'm doing like singles. Okay, so well, when you do it with them, do you do like a Korean verse or? I'd be mixing it up with English and Korean. Just like, mm-hmm. I'll be focusing mostly on melody first and then I would add on like the meaning to it and then like the punchlines and then like mix and match all that. But yeah, I'd be just Korean and English mostly. I'd be just, maybe I would say, yeah, I'd just be mixing it up, Korean and English. I'm not sure how to put okay. it. It's not really a specific strategy. It's just whatever it comes more naturally to you to express based on the context. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like if I just rapped full Korean, which a lot of these Korean rappers strongly suggest to like keep that Korean-ness, you feel me? Mm-hmm. But I feel like adding English to it just makes it so much better. Like maybe Why is that? Gives it an extra flow or there's like... like a stronger emphasis on some words like I feel like English yeah, it's definitely makes it cooler. Same attention to Yeah. Well like Gangnam style, the one of the biggest songs ever, just did exactly that. Like uh-huh. it had uh Korean and then just like a few like little words that like popped off and were really catchy. Right. Okay. Yeah. He's a genius, bro, Sai. Is he? I swear. What's he up to now? Do you know? I haven't I haven't seen anything from him in a long time. Uh, to be honest, I don't really follow K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> see like American hip hop, American trap. Yeah, and then some Thai stuff. Some jazz. Yeah. I like jazz. I like me some jazz. I like some jazz. Some I like some bossa nova. For mm. uh, for. I was just, just watched the other day. What what is it? Whiplash the movie. Oh, with the guy on the, the drummer, right? Yeah, very motivation. And he, like, drums so hard, his hands bleed and stuff. Yeah. He has to plunge him in ice. It was really good. Yeah, I've seen most of that movie. It's pretty good. Like, the band instructor so hard on him. Yeah, but it was it was great. Like, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't have been able to do it. I would have, like, went insane. Like, I put my life to be on stage, and he's just trying to, like, kind of like, fuck with my life. Yeah, but, it's like, but like he's trying to do it to like 
get you to be the perfect diamond. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of the concepts. Kind Pressure of- makes diamonds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a little off topic here, but what are some of your favorite places in Thailand? Like the best beaches, places to visit. Ooh, are you, you want me to talk about mountains or like beach? Oh, let's do first. Uh, let's let's do the beach other. first. Beach. All right, like mm-hmm. I would recommend Koh Phangan and Koh Samui. Koh Samui. Yeah, like what's the first Phangan? one? That would be for me, like personally, because like. Kopangan would be a bit offshore, like even more rural than Samui. You would have to go go through Samui to get to Pangan. Mm-hmm. A small island, like yeah, they have full moon parties there, but the views there is just nice. The water is clear. Yeah. I heard Kotao is good, but I've never been to Kotao. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's okay. It's like too many lady boys there and like too much party going on like you don't want to go to pattaya not really yeah you want to uh, go would you somewhere? uh would you ever want to perform at a full moon party i would yeah that would be crazy oh uh, do you know what a full moon party is no what is that sean you want to explain that for some people you're like whenever it's a full moon people go crazy in Thailand. Like, not just in, mostly in islands, but like they got full moon parties in Bangkok, like in like the mountains and stuff. They just be going out. Like like once a month, like everybody just goes like, like goes out to a bar. Like, I guess so. I don't it's know. Like, it's like New Year's Eve. Like, they also month. throw like music festival type things. Yeah, like people yeah. die in these festivals. Like they be <laughs> all night like all night and like on the beach like drinking beer like it's crazy it's like crazy yeah my uh program advisors kind of said they advised us not to go to any and it was kind of one of those things it's like if this is one of those things you choose to do against our best advice like we're not sure how much we can help you if you get into trouble (laughs) (laughs) they're kind of like if you do that you're doing it at your own risk I was like like, talking to my friend's dad and he's um he's from england and he was in Kopangan or Kosamui like in the eighties. And he was telling me how like full moon party back then was even crazier, like because there's less less law restricted and like no okay. it would be crazy. But then like once in a while, like him and his wife selling like the what you call it, Brazilian um bikinis on the beach, they get caught and like sent to jail and they'd have to call their parents to send money or something. <laughs> crazy <laughs> that's crazy Dude, thailand's a crazy yeah. place yeah uh it's pretty fun though uh and what about a more mountain kind of natural uh venue in thailand yeah, i'm a that's, mountain that's the ocean guy. island i'm a mountain guy so well that's where that's where chiang mai is up in the mountains yeah it's like by by the mountains exactly so it's like an hour drive to the mountains like there's like five waterfalls Basically, like, I would recommend going to Doi Pui and, like, Doi Intanon. I've never what been What does Doi mean? Doi means mountain. Okay. Because Ko is island, right? Yeah, Ko is island. So Doi okay. is mountain. And Doi Pui, Doi Intanon, all these places are, like, national reserves where you can go, like, for camping and, like, 
during New Year's, Doi and Tanon might drop to like one degrees, maybe minus one, which would be Celsius. like the coolest for Thailand. You feel me? For Southeast yeah. Asian country. So we go there sometimes. But going up too far can be tiring too. You feel me? So just maybe going yeah. up the altitude. Yeah, Erewhon or something. Yeah. It's like white water rafting, bamboo rafting, all of that. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, you should come to Thailand one time. I know, I want to. My dad's planning a trip out there. That's actually why I asked the beach question, uh, because he, he, he made me ask it. He really wanted me to know. Yeah, I can, I can definitely text you some places for sure. Yeah, heck yeah. That sounds great. Uh, we mentioned I, I was there. <laughs> yeah, but we don't really trust you, Lewis. Fair enough. <laughs> um, one question we like to ask sometimes is, "How do you like your coffee?" I noticed that you were drinking some. And he works in a coffee shop, and so you've got a little yeah. bit of added expertise. You got to be picky. I'm not really a coffee guy. Like I'd be drinking coffee, and my heart be going like so fast i'm like okay i gotta stop drinking caffeine like this is a drug like i can't take it but <laughs> but like i be drinking americano you know in the morning like yeah that's what i drink i like americano like back uh-huh. then back in high school like i would take out my dad's cold cold drip coffee which is like concentrate and i would mix that with like 90 percent water and it'd just be americano yeah, I love that stuff. How about you guys? What do you guys drink? Well, I drink Americano, but I, I mostly just drink black coffee, like at home. Yeah, I do black drip coffee pretty much. Uh, maybe not like the exact precision of the drip coffee that you're talking about that your dad made, but just uh-huh. black coffee. But coffee in Thailand tastes very different. And I think my thesis was it's very uh, not as strong as American coffee. Right. I could have like four of them before I'd feel anything. Really? I'd be drinking Thai coffee and I'd be like, Oh, my heart's beating fast. <laughs> like, I got a hot <laughs> coffee. You're telling me four, four Thai coffees? You can handle that? Dude, Thai coffees do nothing. But uh, you, you know what's the best is that Black Allengale coffee. I mean, you know what that is? Like the brown sugar, you mean? The Black Allengale, they have it at 11 there. Uh, you know, like the 7-Eleven on campus in the like new IC building has oh. the black Allengale coffee. Mm-hmm. It's like the first shelf in the refrigerator and like the top row. And I drank one uh, and, and then I read the bottle uh-huh. and it said that black Allengale is like a natural male enhancement. Oh, right. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. I, actually, I don't know. I might have to go check it out. Yeah, you're gonna have to go check those out. It's like 15 baht for one of them or something. Uh, but I had one of those and I felt like good for two hours and then I slept for 16 hours. Whoa. Like I came up, it was nuts. Like I had like a crazy high and a crazy crash, and I just thought it was like a fluke because I was tired or sick or something. Uh, <laughs> and so I got one the next day, and then I slept for 15 hours. Uh, so like two days in a row, I slept. Like I went home from class, fell asleep at 5 p.m., slept until the morning. Two days in a row, I slept like 31 hours in a two-day period. It was the craziest thing like that's ever happened to me from drinking something. <laughs> Wait, what was it? It's called Black Gallingale. It's like a relative of ginger, but it's this kind of purplish strain. And apparently it's a natural uh, male enhancement that makes me sleep. Uh, and I had one of my friends try and he said the same thing happened to him. Uh, you know, That's Andrew, hilarious. He's one of the Korean students. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. So that's, uh, that's Thai coffee. You got to be careful with that stuff. 
<laughs> uh, so let's get into the kind of bonus round specific, uh, or not like a specific type of question. Uh, you said you like podcasts, so what are some of the favorite ones that you listen to? I listen to Ben Baller's one. You like Ben Baller? Ben Baller, do you know Ben Baller? Yeah, he's dope, dude. I followed him on Instagram for so long. Yeah, so like, he has the emergency podcast right now. I think it's the emergency ones. Nah, it's the COVID ones he was doing. Okay, what do you like about them? It was just talking about like, his 69th one was like the top <laughs> controversial, but I didn't finish it, bro. I didn't finish it this one. That's fine. I've been listening to Gary V also. Gary V? Yeah, he's I like cool. that. But I like I like y'all y'all podcasts. Like like two different personalities, but like go well really well together. And then I really like the book one. You know, we did we we won the teamwork award, so Oh really? It's pretty Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so we've got we've got a track record of uh, good, good personality collaboration. Yeah, uh, Bro, so one question, what's up? It's lit. You guys are doing a podcast. Yeah, appreciate Thanks, that. Bro. So uh, one question Kyle had here is, uh, what is your dream venue to perform at? Dream venue. Mm-hmm. Like a location. A location. Like Madison Square Garden, something like that. Or like I a specific stadium or a... not that crazy, you feel me? But I do want to perform in Chiang Mai. I haven't done that yet. Okay. We're like back back kind of in like your hometown. Yeah. But like I see like, I possibly see myself in like one of those New Year one, maybe like Songkran, which is supposed to be in a couple of days in Thailand. But Oh, yeah. 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 That's the water festival. Yeah, it's the it's basically like yeah. New Year's. Yeah, that is in April, so yeah, I remember that from my from my uh, Thai culture class. They have a big one in front of a mall called Promenade. I want to be there. I guess that's the venue. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome! So, like during one of the major Thai holidays, just kind of huge crowd and lots of excitement, and you're out there doing it. That'd be awesome. Uh, I guess our last question here, something that we've been asking a lot of our guests is, you know, we started this podcast uh, because of the quarantine. I mean, we've wanted to start it for a long time, but that's what gave us the idea that we actually had the time to do it. And more importantly, that the people we'd be interviewing would have the time to do it. Uh, What's been the impact where you are of the coronavirus on on life right now? I know you're telling us before that there's been uh, uh, curfews and I think classes have been dismissed in my own. What's kind of been what it's like ground report where you're at so i got i got myself a planner bro <laughs> for what like this was just to make my life more organized like it was just too much going on like and then corona kind of helped me like i'm not okay. lie, like just like not having to go to school spent that extra hour having to like transport all the way to school and back mm-hmm. I'm able to really use my time efficiently, like wake up yeah. early in the morning, maybe like clean up and then like do a free online course. I've been like trying to look for like online courses to do cheap ones where I can pay to get the certificate for like $5, $10. Yeah. Or like finding those are hard. Like Jasper just posted on the Facebook group for um, Yeah, I saw that, that like economics one. Yeah, just maybe look into that or something. 
No, real estate looks interesting too, but I have no idea if it's going to be relevant for Thai real estate, you know? And I don't even know if a Korean mm-hmm. can have a real estate license in Thailand. So I have to look into that. Um, Yeah, quarantine just helped me really like, helped me out a lot, bro. Like not having to do exams at uni. Like I just mm-hmm. do everything online, like super chill, bro. Like, sure. Doing this podcast, like waking up early morning, like giving me opportunities, like, it's great. Uh, what are some of the more like societal? Uh, first of all, that's great that you've been able to take mm-hmm. the time to uh, learn some extra things. You don't have to commute. You can take some of your other interests a little bit further than you would otherwise be able to do. But what are some of the social implications you've seen on the way people are interacting, the way you have to, can get food, the way you can get around society? Uh, just how life has changed for everyone where you're at. I feel like also like my like my friend's dad is a PE teacher. Okay. And he just he was just telling my friend the other day like how he might lose his job at this international school because like mm-hmm. half of the kids are planning to leave because of the the quarantine situation. He might lose his job because it's, it's like a specialist position. Sure. I feel like it's affecting everyone's life in like a negative way. Like I cannot go out from 10 p.m. till 4 a.m., but it doesn't affect me that bad in terms of like ordering food. I don't even cook that much anyway. So I've been ordering Line Man, which is like yeah, Uber Eats there. Mm-hmm. I'll be ordering that. That's pretty much it. But I've been really trying to understand like, how I can benefit from this financial crisis. You feel me? Yeah. People are losing jobs. Like, um, like shops are closing down. People are losing jobs and like, we're in another financial crisis and like really been like really trying to take advantage of this time. Like you guys are doing maybe opening a podcast, maybe like work on more music, whether that is really like doing something you never really had time to start with. It's all great when, when, you know, this financial, when this COVID is done. But yeah, I feel like there's so much to it. This crisis, like, yeah, not sure. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about, um, like, the opportunities that we're being afforded now are are going to, um, like, separate some people from the pack. Like, I think that, like, when people are writing biographies for people that are our age, a lot of um, like patterns will be uh, evident in the people that make a difference and what they use this eight weeks in their lives for. Mm. Um, I don't know how well that will age, but um, I guess it's a, it's a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Lewis. Nah, I just, you go for it. I um no, I was just watching. I was listening to Gary V's podcast. I think yesterday, he he mm-hmm. talks about how like nowadays he's using Zoom, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like, he just told me to download Zoom for the podcast, and he was just telling. And Gary V was telling the world about like how Zoom, all these things. He thought that it would be a weird way for people to like really gather and have business meetings about. Mm-hmm. It's such an efficient way, but. He also says, like, obviously he loves being in the room with the person, like, yeah, all those details, but also this is going to last very long, he said, because I remember 
Kyle talked about, you're not sure how long this culture will last, but I feel like this culture will go forever. Like people like communicating online, maybe doing courses. Like for Mahido, like the school is supposed to open in maybe two weeks, right? Okay. Going to be all online courses next trimester. So there's already a shift in education, um, definitely ordering food. Yeah, crazy shifts in life, I think. Absolutely. I'm not sure how education will take its place. Like, Yeah, some subjects are really well suited to be taught online only, but others that require a more hands-on approach uh, will be more difficult to transition and we'll have to come up with some creative ways to ensure people can still learn those those skills in a uh, sufficient context. But I, I think we're going to uh, tie things up around there. I think... Uh, we really enjoyed having you on, sharing your stories about how you went from, you know, having an interest in this to making your own music and how you kind of, uh, I don't know what the term is, let's let's just go with growth hacked yourself so quickly by associating yourself with the right people, you know, you weren't afraid of letting your ego get in the way of uh, making some connections that could benefit you in the hip hop space, reaching out to people, you know, some people might not answer, but some people might, and clearly the people that have answered and have wanted to collaborate with you have benefited from doing so as well. And it's a really smart strategy you've created for yourself. So we wish you the best of luck and look forward to hearing more music, seeing some of it, sharing with some of our friends and uh, staying in touch. So thank you so much for coming on the show with us. Thank you very much, guys. It was a pleasure. Thanks, man. It was awesome. Well, that wraps up our interview with Lil Gimchi or Yishan Lee. That was a great time. We enjoyed it. If you want to support the show, please follow us on social media at Lewis Kyle Show on Instagram and Twitter or the Lewis and Kyle Show on Facebook. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. It really helps us grow the show. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next one.